Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller. I'm here with C.J. Jones. And we are going to flow in the Holy Ghost as follow what the Lord tells us to do. Hey, Cheryl. Howdy. It has been quite an adventure, hasn't it? Oh, gosh. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. But, yes. you know, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. Absolutely. We are on the cusp of so many things. And it's, you know, it's almost like if you picture a, a kitchen knife at the edge of the kitchen knife, we're on the edge. And in the natural, you could go to the left or to the right, off that edge. Mm -hmm. But we're not looking at the natural. All right. That's the, that's where, this is where the rubber meets the road. There are a lot of believers that I run across that still, no matter how many decades they've been in church, they still do not understand how to walk by faith. Yeah. And we absolutely have to walk by faith at this point. Exactly. It's faith and, and the, and the plan, you know, that the, the common phrase is trust the plan. Well, the only plan, the only plan I'm trusting is his plan. Amen. He's the only one with all, with all the answers. He absolutely is. And just because he isn't sharing the, the, the intricacies of what he's doing doesn't mean he's not doing something. That's right. And that's something that I say all the time, you know, um, I haven't been saying it so much recently, but you know, over the last couple of years, you know, what things that I have been sharing with people is just because you don't see something happening or just because you don't see it happening doesn't mean that nothing is happening. Correct. So that's something that I even have to, especially here recently, remind myself of. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I can think of a lot of examples. Do you see wind? No. No. You see the effects of the wind mm -hmm. if it's strong enough. But do you see wind? Absolutely not. Can you see your brain? No. But how do you know you have, do you know you have one? Yes. Right. And we've, we, you and I have been talking about frequencies over the last several months. Uh -huh. We hear frequencies. Do we see them? No. no. And unless somebody sends you a clip like you sent me that I watched the other day and shared with several people where they actually did experiments with using different frequencies, you right. don't see any effect with those frequencies. All right. Ah, but your body responds to those frequencies. Yes, it does. Absolutely. And see, that's the thing. There are so many things that, and people want to be, if I can't see it, taste it, touch it, smell it, or hear it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not the way this world, that's not how we were created to work, to operate, number one. And it's certainly not how you get to the higher planes. You don't get to the higher life just depending on your five physical senses. It doesn't happen. No, that's right. And I've been thinking a lot about We've been with the group of people, the group of believers that 
understand the power of our words. Uh-huh. And I cannot count the number of times on the podcast we've touched on the power of our words. Quite a bit. And, you know, Kenneth Hagen Sr. was in ministry like 60 some odd years. And people were complaining to him. When are you going to get off of Mark 11, 23 and 24? You know what his response was? I'm pretty sure he says something along the lines of when you get it. Uh-huh. Then I'll move <laughs> on to something else. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's the thing is it's not theoretical. It's reality. That's right. You know, people need to understand how, how words affect reality. They absolutely. And it's for people that are not scientific. I mean, I, I was good in science, but I wasn't ever, it wasn't ever something I put all my attention to. I was more, more creative and wanted to, you know, English and, and the arts were something I was more interested in. However, I am now realizing in these, in this, my, I don't know, my, however many go-arounds I've had of being 21, <laughs> I'm now realizing that there are actual physical scientific laws that back up the power of words. Yeah. And I didn't know that, you know, 20 years ago, but I know right. it now. Yeah. Turn to Mark 11, 20, 20, uh, 11 23, 24. I'm going to read it in mine, and then I'd like you to read it in yours, please. Okay. This is famous for a lot of people, but I'm going to I, we're going to cover this ground again because there's I'm going somewhere with this, I think. So, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, "Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea," and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Mm-hmm. Now I asked you the, this question when we were talking, not on the podcast, where I had a conversation recently. And I said to you, do you know what the word things is in the original Hebrew? Right. Do, do I remember you asking do you remember what I told you the actual word is? No. The word for things that's translated as things in this is actually in Hebrew. It's words. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Those words that you speak will come to pass. This is the red letter edition. It's in red. Read it in yours, please. Okay. It says, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. We are at a place. None of us, you and I are both women. We're both over 21 a day or two. Mm -hmm. I'll say I'm... I'm saying I'm two days over and you're a day over. Okay. Okay. So we're both over 21. We are not going to go in the military at this point in our lives. Our life course has already been set. Mm -hmm. 
And this is not a war that can be won with military action on our part anyway. Right. But this is a war that can be won with faith words. Yeah. And it is a way to wage warfare without ever leaving your house. Well, that's the truth. Without ever putting yourself in danger of being physically harmed. You can wage this warfare when you pray. Right. You can wage this warfare when you're talking to your friends. Yeah. You and I have a lot of things that we could complain about. Is Mm -hmm. that going to improve the situation? Oh, no. Not at all. Not in the least. Mm. However, I can take my words on purpose and instead of complaining, say, Cheryl, isn't it wonderful that blah, 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 blah. And I speak the words that I want to come to pass. Right. The words that will change the outcome of what is ahead. Speak the end result. Speak the end result. The desired end result. And you have to be really careful how you do it because Satan is a legalist. Right. I, I had a marriage dissolved because on my wedding day, I said, well, if things don't work out, I can always get a divorce. Mm-hmm. And my marriage was dissolved. And when I asked the Lord later, when I was just learning this, what did I say? He reminded me of that, those words I spoke. Yeah. At one point I said, Lord, I believe that I'll be, my husband will be home by May 1st. And I started confessing my husband will be home by May 1st. I didn't say my husband will be home with me by May 1st. Do you know what happened? What's that? What did I say? My husband would be home by May 1st. Mm-hmm. What do you think happened? He was home by May 1st, but not with you? Correct. So when you speak the desired end result, you have to make sure that you're saying exactly what you want. Right. And that's what people have been saying. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I apologize. Um, But that's what I've heard, you know, a lot of pastors say that when you pray, you have to pray specifically. Mm -hmm. You have to be specific about your prayers and about your words. You know, when you're praying for a new home, you know, don't just pray a general prayer, you know, say, oh, you know, thank you for the new home. I thank you that it's you know, a a nice little, you know, brick home, whatever, you know, on in in this little town. Well, you're going to, you're going to get a nice little brick home in that little town, but it may not be exactly what you want or Or what you wanted. Or maybe a fixer upper. It may be a fixer upper. Or it might be, you might be in debt up to your eyeballs because you didn't decree that it would be debt free. Right. And you didn't say, you know, what it looked like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's got, it's got five bedrooms. It's got this many square feet. Mm-hmm. It's got you know, everything that I want in it, you know, wood floors, beautiful mm-hmm. wood floors. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about the specific things that 
your heart desires and you have to be specific or you're not going to get exactly what you want. You're going to get something else. But that's what we're talking about when we talk about, you know, being, you know, speaking on purpose. Right. We are coming up on some, some events in our country and in the world Mm -hmm. in just days. Right. Less than a week away. We have Uh some things that can be life changing for this country and for the world. Right. Complaining about what we don't see happening or complaining about um, the people that are in office, regardless of what side you're on, or the people that want to be in office, regardless of what side you're on, is not going to help. Yeah. However, you can use your faith words and speak what you desire to happen. Right. Yeah. And you can do it on purpose. And there are a religious people, because I've run across them, that will say, you can't order God around. That is not ordering God around. Jesus said to speak to the mountain. Mm-hmm. And they would move. Right. I didn't say it. I didn't write it into Mark, Mark 11, 23 and 24. Or Matthew 21, 21. Yeah. I didn't say that. Jesus did. Right. You're going to argue with him? Are you smarter <laughs> than he is? That's right. I mean, obviously not. None <laughs> of us are. Uh-huh. And you honor him when you, when you use his word the way he told you to use it. That's right. If you, on the other hand, decide, you know what? I just don't believe that. Well, first of all, what basis do you have not to believe it? If it's in the word and it's in red, Jesus said it. Yeah. And if you decide that you know better than Jesus, then you're exalting yourself above him. Right. Which is not a pretty, pretty, pretty picture. No. <laughs> For any of us. Go to, go to Job. It's not my favorite book, but there are some gems in, in Job. Okay. Job 22. People want to argue about the power of words. They want to argue about, I can't, we don't have the right to, to just speak whatever words and it's going to come to pass. Well, I'm going to ignore the, the quantum universe for now. I'm just going to stick with the word of God. Yeah. But I know that God is calling all of us to use our words on purpose to change the outcome of these things that are ahead of us. Because it's not a pretty picture that's being painted yeah. at all. Right. Job 22, chapter 22, um, verse 28. Right. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you and the light shall shine upon your ways. Verse 29. When men are cast down, then... you shall say there is a lifting up and they shall, and he shall save the humble person. Verse 30, he shall deliver the Island of the innocent and it is delivered by the pureness of your hands. It says in Job, you can decree a thing and it will be established. That's one of my favorite verses ever. And if, if, 
it Job had no other books of the Bible. He didn't even have Job to read. But he was told, told, if you decree a thing, it will be established. That's right. Words and the power of words and using them on purpose is in every single book of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Somewhere. Yeah. Read that in yours, please. Um, It says, in verse 28, you will succeed in whatever you choose to do. And light will shine on the road ahead of you. If people are in trouble and you say, help them, God will save them. Even sinners will be rescued. They will be rescued because your hands are pure. Now I'm not, now we, we talked about this last week that, you know, the, the, some version or some scripture is, is better in the King James version. And I think this is one of them. Yeah. There's more strength in it. There's more power to it in the King James I don't like reading the, the these and thous, but I stick to the King James because it is the closest version. Do you have the, the uh, Young's Literal? Yeah. Can you read it in the Young's Literal? I'm curious what it says in that. Okay. Okay, it says, um, and thou decreest a saying, and it is established to thee, and on thy ways hath the light shone. For they have made low... And thou sayest, lift up, and the bow and the bowed down of eyes he saveth. He delivereth thee not innocent, yea, he hath been delivered by the cleanness of thy hands. So, and see, it's the same, it's the same strength in that as well. It's your words that will deliver those people. Right. There are a lot of people that need prayer right now. Mm-hmm. They may not even know, they don't know us. We don't know them. But there's a lot of people that need prayer right now. Yeah. Because things are, their their world is falling apart. And they're trying to take us down with it. And we're not going. Right. We keep hearing prophecies. You and I both have heard a lot of prophecies about the Lord's about to show up and show out. That's true. He is not going to let this go the way they want but what i also keep hearing in prop in prophetic words is speak up my children <laughs> say words to you know to affect change right receive what i have for you and it's as simple as lord i receive your outcome for this situation we're in in this country that's right I receive you making right. Every crooked place is being made straight. I receive that. Because the Lord, by spiritual law, the Heavenly Father needs our words to perform them. Exactly. Yeah. By spiritual law, he has to be allowed into this realm because when Adam fell, And the word says that he was not separated from the woman. He was right there with her. When she got deceived, he he went right with her. Because it says in Timothy, uh, the woman was deceived, but the man was not. He knew exactly what he was doing. But when he did that, he cut God out of the out of the equation. Right. 
which is why the Heavenly Father needs our words to give him permission to intervene. And nobody but him is going to be able to do this. Yeah, that's, that's right. Men have made plans on both sides. And the side of evil looks like they've been winning. But I've, the words I've, you've heard and I've heard indicate that the Lord knew, has seen what they've done. And he's been giving them an opportunity to repent. And they think they've got it all, but they don't. Right. Because he is not going to let this be taken over. He is returning the earth to his people. Exactly. He's returning our country to, to the people. Because this country was founded for people who, by people who wanted religious freedom. They wanted the, the, the freedom to worship their God without interference. That's right. And now we don't have Bibles in school, and now we don't have prayers in school, and we don't have the prayer pledge of allegiance in school. We have a, a generation of children coming up on the second generation of children that have no, no plumb line at school, none. Yeah. In 1945, there were two infractions that were very uh, prevalent in high schools. They were the serious problems in high schools in 1945. You know what they were? No. Running in the halls and chewing gum. Very serious infractions, yes. Yeah. And now we have to have metal detectors, and they still don't catch all the, of the weapons that people bring into the school grounds. Yeah. But the difference is they had prayer and they had the Pledge of Allegiance. Back in 1945. Right. And I went to parochial school and one of, I had, not all of my teachers were nuns because we didn't have enough of them in my school that every year I had a, a, a nun teach me. But I remember Sister Mary Roberta. She was about, she was about four foot eight. And she ruled a class of 51 kids, more boys than girls. Mm -hmm. Those boys didn't dare. <laughs> they did not dare to do anything in her class. Hmm. I'm no longer a practicing Catholic. I've got born again and am not am non-denominational now, but. I remember, you know, these, these teachers now complain about the, the, oh, the class is so big and there's like 20 kids. <laughs> she, had, she had 51. And most of them were boys. Yeah. And most of them were the same size she was or bigger because it was third grade. Oh, goodness. And she had every one of them toe the line. She had no problems with kids acting out. Right. Well, they don't let you do that these days. I understand you know? that. I'm, this is what I'm saying. You know, the way that the educational system has changed and, and the, the society has changed in general. You know, that's what happens when you remove God from everything. Correct. 
Because you have a lawless society. Because the void is there and Satan takes over the void. Mm -hmm. That's why we're dealing with, with what we're dealing with in the government. Right. And one party, I won't say which one, took God out of their platforms 10 years ago, roughly. Yeah. Our nation was not meant for them. Our nation was meant for believers. You're right. That's true. And too many believers sat by, all of us, sat by the, 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 the side of the room watching all of this happen, watching them take the Bible out of the schools, watch them take the prayer out of the schools, watch them take the the um, Pledge of Allegiance out of the schools, watching them take and make it so that teachers couldn't ever correct a child. Mm-hmm. We sat by and watched them do all of it. And do you know why? Why what? Why did, why did we just sit by and, and let them do that? Because you've got too many Christians, even back then, and as many today, if not more, who don't believe that Christians belong in politics. Now, I don't know about you, but I, well, actually I do know about you, but I, 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 <laughs> you know well. I, I do, I do know, I know what your answer is going to be, what I'm going to say, because you and I share the same viewpoints on a lot of things. And this is one of them. Um, you know, would Christians actually belong in the political realm, the same as everybody else, because we have not only a duty and a responsibility to help shape the laws and the statutes and the legislation that we, that we ourselves are going to live under. I want to have a say in that. Right. You know, and, and any Christian, children. yeah, exactly. And any Christian who says we don't belong in, in politics it's not going to have any room and currently does not have any room to complain about the, the current uh, state of our country and the laws and legislations that we are living under. Because if you don't think that we have a place in politics, then that's part of the reason we are going through what we're going through right now. And it's, and it's more, it's not just politics. I mean, they're using that term, yeah. but it's leadership. Exactly. Good. Jesus, you know, is the Lion of Judah. Mm-hmm. A lion is a leader. Yeah. It's not, a lion is not like a slug. <laughs> at all. But we've been told to keep our hands off of that, you know, stay in church, keep the separation of church and state. You know, that's not in the Constitution. It's not. It's not. <clears throat> We've heard about it for years, but it's not in the Constitution. Yeah. Because the men who wrote the Declaration of Independence, the men who wrote the, the preamble and the Constitution were godly men. Were they right. perfect? No. None of us are. Yeah. But they were godly men. There was a moral compass. Right. Well, it's hard for me to envision, you know, in, you know, like, the First Amendment, having freedom, religion, not freedom from religion, 
but freedom right. of religion. Right. And you know, there has to be a separation of church and state. People don't realize that back in the 13, 14, 1500s, 1600s, things like that, particularly over in Europe before the United States colonies were formed in Europe, they looked to the church to help them form their laws. The church was a big deal, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were, they were the um, purveyors of what legislation was going to be, what truth was going to be. They were looked to by, you know, Kings and Queens to help them. Yeah. For For counsel. counsel. Exactly. So it's not unheard of for Christians to have that kind of, power or influence i should say and, and to today we're not it's not that way today no yeah. and the 13 colonies when they when they started having um, education they started having schools the the primers were were they used the bible the that was the first the first book they used as a school book right and the kids learned to read from the bible Mm-hmm. They learned they learned about science from the Bible. <laughs> they learned about math from the Bible. Amen. And it's it's I mean it's completely turned into dark darkness is gradually overtaken because it's it's like the tip of the proverbial frog in the in the in the pot of water. Right. You put the frog in the cold water, he stays there. You put him in hot water, he immediately jumps out. But if you put him in the cold water, he stays there. And now I have to do is turn the heat on and let it gradually heat up. And eventually he boils to death. Right. That's exactly what they've done. Yeah. And we cannot let it continue like this. Romans 8 talks about, and we've used that scripture before, that all the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Well, the manifestation of the Son of God is not going to help, not going to work if everybody's still sitting there going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We have no power over all this. Mm. Yes, you do. You have the blood of Jesus. You have the name of Jesus. You have the Bible. You have the spiritual law. You know how to use the spirit. You have the weapons of your warfare, which are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You have the armor of God. You have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You have the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation. What more do you need? And all the angels of heaven, you have two thirds of the angels didn't fall. Yeah. What more do you need? Do you need God to come knock on your door and say, can I come in? Let me help you. Let me hold your hand. No, he gave us the power to do this. Right. And, and it's as simple to... it's as simple as opening your mouth. Exactly. But opening your mouth using those words he gave right. you to use. Yep. And what have we done? We've opened our mouths to say to each other things like, You can't use your words like that. You can't order God around. Yeah. Those are demons, uh, doctrines of demons. You need, to turn, you need to come back to Jesus. People like that are ignorant of the word. Yeah. And I, I have found in my 
my years being born again and studying the word for myself, studying to show myself approved. What I found is the ones who want to criticize the most are the ones that have no knowledge of what the word says, no knowledge of their covenant, no knowledge of who they are. Yeah. It's true. Kenneth, Kenneth Hagin, a senior, would say, are you a man or a woman? Well, today, that's even under question. <laughs> but he, the point he was making was, you know who you are physically. Well, then you should know who you are in the spirit. Right. The identity crisis that has been created in the church because people don't want to stand up. They want somebody else to do it. We're at a point where the ones who don't stand up, they won't reap the, the, the harvest. They won't reap the rewards. Mm -hmm. and I know God's gracious, but I don't know how, how long that's going to, you know, whether he'll give them a, a last ditch chance or whether they'll just go all the way to the dark side and, and abandon all of it. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. I don't know. But he will only, oh, what's that scripture? He will only contend with, it, contend with us for so long or he, right? you know what I'm talking about. I do. I don't know where it is though. I don't either. <laughs> so, right off the top of my head, I don't know. But I know what scripture I'm, I mean. So I hope somebody, people out there actually, you know, know their word well enough to, to know that scripture as well. Right. Because there comes a point where it's just going to let you do what you're going to do. Yeah. Turn everyone over to a reprobate mind. That's in Romans. That's in Romans. That's Romans. Yeah, that one is. And that's, that's what a lot of our society has already been turned over to a reprobate mind. Are you trying to find it too? I, I am, and it's at the end of Romans 1. Okay. Um, I keep wanting, it's one of those where I keep finding a verse and then backing up. So I think I'm starting at, um, verse 18, Romans 1, 18. But the, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known to of God is manifest in them for God ha has showed uh, showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God Neither were thankful, but were vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image of like to corruptible man 
and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Verse 27. And likewise, also, the men leaving the natural use of, of the woman burn in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. I mean, that's pretty strong stuff. Mm hmm You're free to read yours if you find something in that from 18 to 26. Eighteen to twenty-six. You want me to read yeah. the whole thing? You, okay. Find if you find something that really is a lot more clear in modern language, you can just read that part, or you can read the whole thing. It's up to you. Okay, I'll just read the whole thing. Starting at verse eighteen, it says, "But God shows His anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because He has made it obvious to them." For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result... Their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Right. Let me keep going. No, that's, that's good. It, okay. He turned them over to a reprobate mind. He turned them over to what, what their shameful desires. That's another way of saying it. In other mm -hmm. words, if you're going to do that, go ahead and do it. I've already given you evidence that I exist, and you're refusing to see it. Yeah. And that's where we are today. There's a lot of things that, that exist that are truth, and still people are refusing to see it. Right. They're going to be rudely, some of them are going to be rudely, rudely awakened. Right. And it's going to be nobody's fault but their own for not listening. We have to use our words on purpose. Now, last week when we ended up calling that 
podcast, now is the time. We are past time. It is not too late to pick up your Bible and use your words on purpose, but you won't get nearly the, the traction you would have gotten if you'd started before, but better late than never. Right. It That's takes true. time to develop faith in your own words. Mm-hmm. And according to the spiritual law in Mark eleven twenty three and 24, he says, you'll have whatsoever you say, but you have to believe that that's true before it starts really working for you at an accelerated rate. Mm-hmm. Which is why I said, you know, you're not going to gain the same traction as somebody who's been at this for a few decades. Yeah. But God is gracious. You may be starting late, but at least you're starting. Correct. Better yeah. late than never. Better late than never. I'm sure. I'm sure the Lord be, would be clapping his hands with joy. Finally, Sam's got the got the drift. Finally, <laughs> Susie's Susie's using her words rightly instead of gossiping with her friends. Yeah. Because none of that matters. It's not about who's right. It's not about who's smart. It's about what does God need us to do at this time? Well, I'll tell you what I need to do at this time. I need to, re- <laughs> I need to repent. <laughs> because I, I know that I have said some things this week, you know, out of frustration. Right. That, yeah. you know. We all get I, that way. Yeah. First John 1 9 is a really familiar scripture to me. Ask it me, is. Ask me how I know it's so familiar to me. How I know it. <laughs> right. Me too. Me we too. probably should go there for somebody who doesn't know what first John 1 9 is. Yeah. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Lord, I shouldn't have said that. I repent. Yeah. Thank you for cleansing me. That's right. That's all you have to do. That's right. Read it in yours, please. It says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. I know it's it's hard on people's pride, but I'd much rather go to him and repent mm-hmm. than have to pay for the pay for whatever I did. Right. And I can almost guarantee you for anybody who's listening to this and is just now starting to use their words on purpose, like we've been talking about for so long, you're gonna make mistakes. The Lord knows you're gonna make mistakes. You can't help it because you're learning something brand new. Right. It's a conscious effort. And it is an effort. You know, when you're trying to change that about yourself, you know, to to speak on purpose and be mindful of your words. It's a very, it's a conscious effort. You have to really be paying attention to every word you speak. And you, you, you're not alone because you can ask the Holy Spirit to correct you. If something starts to come out of your mouth that you shouldn't say, and he will be gracious to do that. And this is your scripture to help you when you make a mistake. 
Matthew 15, 13. And this is in red. But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. I still use that scripture when I say the wrong things. Because yeah. I don't want I don't want to say, I've heard people preach and say, just say erase, erase, erase. Well, erasing it, even if you erase a pencil mark on a piece of paper, it still shows a mark. Yeah. So I, I don't say erase, erase, erase. I say, Lord, your word says, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. I uproot those words I just spoke. Right. They will never bear fruit. So people, uh, I, I can sense that there's going to be somebody questioning, why are we quoting that scripture over words, you know, uprooting words? Well, because the answer to that is words are seeds. Right. And just like the way you would plant a seed, you know, when you're speaking those words, you're planting seeds, you know, you're sending them out there and they're being planted and eventually you're going to get a crop, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get a crop of what you just spoke. The, the, um, the example I give all the time. You know, go to fruit. How many seeds are in an apple? They vary, really right? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's say anywhere from, say, 8 to 15, depending on the apple. Okay. If I take one of those seeds and plant it and it and water it and fertilize it and do all the stuff I'm supposed to do, what do I get? You get you're supposed to get an apple tree. Right. How many seeds are in the apple tree when it starts bearing fruit? Depends on, like you said, how many apples it grows and how many seeds are in each apple. And let's say that that tree has lives a full long life of, a, of an apple bearing, fruit-bearing apple tree. I right. don't know how many years they, they actually bear fruit. But let's no say idea. 10 years. Okay. Just, just for the sake of argument. And let's right. say there's 20 apples every year. Okay. And let's say there's 10 seeds in every apple for all those, for those each of those 20 apples has 10 seeds. Mm-hmm. And every one of those apples with 10 seeds, it does that for 10 years. Right. How many trees is that? If you were to plant every one of those seeds? I don't know. I'd have to Millions. ask Surrey to tell how many apples that is. We're up That's into the millions there. Do. That's what yeah. your birds are doing. You're not just getting that one little thing you said. You're getting every single harvest off of that seed. Right. Which is why you uproot the words rather than just say erase, erase, erase. Right. I used to have a pastor who would tell me, you know, he, he would, you know, talk about pretty much the same thing, but he would always say, you know, when he was praying over something, he would pray uh, crop failure. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what he would say. You know, he, he never exactly quoted Matthew 15, 13, which is an awesome scripture, you know, for this particular thing. 
right and for, for many things um but he would always just say you know we pray crop failure over that over those words you know and we we will not re- we will not receive a harvest right of what we just spoke so um i i know that he was alluding to that scripture but he wouldn't say it exactly and maybe he didn't maybe he didn't remember where it was That's i awesome. i actually had someone one time when we were still at that ministry uh-huh. one of the prayer ministers would somebody was had a, a situation in their body and that prayer minister used that same scripture for healing right and it had never occurred to me to use it for healing until that person did mm-hmm. and i was like heather it was heather that did it and i said wow you used it for healing she goes what and i said no i just i've never used it i've used it for to uproot my words but i've never thought of it <laughs> for healing that's an awesome scripture for healing and she says well you know the word of god is like that you can use it in more than one in more than one situation and i said right. yeah you're right but i just it never occurred to me because i was so used to using it to uproot my words right well i think i learned it from charles capps in his little mini book um creative power god's creative power for healing mm-hmm. and he's talking about using that scripture for you know for tumors and growth and things inside your body that that are not of god that god didn't plant right so it's really awesome and you can you really can use it for so many different things and you know that's that's just scripture in general you can use scriptures for so many different situations because because scripture is living right it's a living word exactly and it will produce a harvest it will and when you use the word correctly you'll receive the harvest that god has for you mm-hmm. instead of something the enemies tried to create right and the people that want to argue with the power of words i would i would admonish you to pay attention to how much how many definitions have changed over the past decade all right they're corrupting the the words to create a different outcome right and it's not by accident no it's very intentional it's very intentional There's been a lot of things that have changed over the last, you know, several decades that have been intentional. And we, we're seeing the. The harvest. The harvest of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking earlier about frequencies. You know, um, mm-hmm. back in the 19. 1939, I think, is actually when. One of the Rothschilds decided that we needed to they they were going to change from like the 528 hertz frequency down to some other frequency and i can't remember which one it is right now and it was one of those frequencies that causes people discomfort and 440 440 was it 440 okay mm-hmm. yeah it causes uh discomfort and anger and anxiety and that's what everything was starting to be broadcast Instead of the 528, it was being broadcast at 440. Mm -hmm. So things began to change physiologically, you know, in people. Because of the different frequency. Because of the different frequencies. 
differently, but they do affect us. And that's, that was done intentionally. Absolutely was. So there's a lot of, a lot of things out there that people are completely unaware of. And just because you're not reading about it in the Bible doesn't mean that it's not truth. There's a whole lot of things. And you and I talked about this, you know, not long ago that there's a whole lot of truth that is out there that is not in the Bible. But because if it was all in the Bible, we would never be able to read the whole Bible. (laughs) Yep. You know, so there are some things that are truth. And learning, learning, you know, doing some research and learning about these things is, is, um, going to be very helpful to it a lot of us. Like a whole new world, especially yeah. when you put, you know that the Lord was behind the way it was created. Right. And you start putting his word with those things that you learn. Right. It's amazing what the Lord will show you. Right. So I think we're going to go ahead and unhook here. Um, as a reminder, you can go to vivianlmiller.com. There are free resources on my website. My books are there as well. I strongly encourage you, if you have not been using your words on purpose to, to create your future, to, to um, set the, the boundaries of your future, that you start now. Better late than never, but there are some things up headed to us in a very short period of days maybe even hours and you need to be prepared so i would encourage you to do that until next time be blessed be encouraged be strengthened walk by faith walk in courage and defeat the darkness <laughs>